Hello and welcome to Omega Republic, a radio podcast program for the furry and brony community. I'm your host, Copper Cap. Also joining me today is DJ Ark. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. And of course, our returning co-host, Morgan, as well. Hey, everyone. <clears throat> Thank you for joining us here on Suiting Up for Life where we seek out those in the furry fandom and get to know what it's like to be a furry and what they do to make who they are a part of the community. Today, we have Vesuvius Rose, joining us from California. Uh, hi, thanks. It's glad, uh, glad to be with you guys. Uh, I'm uh, Vesuvius. Uh, I'm a mean wolf mixed with a snake. I'm awake. And I'm also an insomniac. My name is a pun. All right. Well, apparently pun starts as terrible for the record. Of course, copper loves the low. I'm actually curious. Have you ever considered being a wolf? Just a regular wolf, you mean? Yeah. Why not? Well, uh, I've been a furry for a long time, since I was a little tiny kid, and I think I did start as a wolf, or I mean, that was my first inclination when I was young, and then as I grew older and came to know myself, I started seeing the more serpentine things, and uh, uh, my character kind of grew into what it is today. <clears throat> with me. Ah, well, I guess all of us cannot be wolfies. Alright, so you were in the fandom for ever since a kid? How many years has that exactly? Uh, well, I've been a furry since I was a young child, but I didn't find the fandom until I was in high school and I went to my first anime convention. Gotcha. I had, yeah. I had made my own fursuit and I saw someone else that had made their own suit and we started talking about it and the process and we looked at any tutorials and all of that and then uh, they said, hey, are you going to the furbecue tomorrow? And I'm like, what? there are others? What? What is this? <laughs> yeah, it's always a surprise, especially nowadays. <laughs> so out of curiosity, why'd you pick a main wolf? Uh... Well, that's just the type of wolf that I always was. I mean, I looked at a lot of images of different kind of canines when I was young, and the main wolf uh, looked and felt the most like how I felt on the inside. Oh, that's cool. And what kind of things do you contribute in the Phantom? Like... Uh, I, make, I make art, all sorts of art. Um, actually, if if you can name anything artistic, I've probably done it at least one. So I make a lot of different types of artwork. I've made suits since I was young, um, drawings and pictures and things like that. Do you have a favorite suit? Uh, well, the one I like the most, and none of my suits I can wear anymore. They've all, uh, you know, been retired. But one of my favorites to make and wear and that I thought was the most impressive was a latex pool toy that I made. 
and it was inflatable latex, and it had seven chambers with one valve, which I thought was pretty impressive. It was uh, not only a challenge to make, but also very rewarding in the final result. Oh, I bet. Sounds interesting. Yes, very much so. Um, <clears throat> well, I mean, you've already pretty much answered this question, but uh, are you a suitor? Mm -hmm. And, uh, well, of course, you said you had multiple suits, of course. Uh, yes, I mean, you know, you can't always be making suits for other people. You have to practice. I mean, all... all... Creativity takes practice, and pretty much anything in life takes a lot of practice. Um, so, I've been suiting over the years and used different mediums to make different types of costumes. And uh, how long it takes depends on really what you're trying to make. And as an artist, if you're satisfied with what you've created, I mean, sometimes an artist can have a suit that anyone else would say, oh, that's fun, that's done, it's just wear it. And then the artist will be like, no, it's not quite right yet, I still have to tweak it. And some things, when you're making it, you just know, and it, it just kind of is kismet or whatever, and um, it turns out great the first time. Yeah, I'm actually looking at some of the stuff right now. Exactly how many suits have you made? Oh, man. At least 20 different suits. I don't have pictures of all of them, but... Because uh, some of my customers prefer not to, for me not to post any images of it. They want it to be completely private, especially with the latex. But at least 20, 25 suits... And if I count partials also, then maybe closer to 50 different pieces. Whoa. But this, yeah. is, this is over years and years of practicing. Yeah, I'm starting to notice here. I mean, you even got one picture of just all of these heads lined up in a row. And, and those I. Are, those are the very first ones that I made when I was first starting in high school to make the suits. Like, you know, complete pieces instead of just little practice things. Ah. Exactly how long, on average, does it take for you to complete a suit? If I'm not distracted by life, you know, if life isn't really happening and I have time to actually sit down and work on a project, it could take as little as three weeks for a full suit to go from concept to wearable piece. But it all depends on how busy life is, you know, how much time I have to actually sit down and look at it. A lot of times, I mean, artists need to be in the mood to work to be productive in their work. I mean, I can sit down and try and work on it, but if I'm not really feeling well, or if I don't have a good idea, or if I'm stuck, sometimes it can. And it often does for many suitors, many artists out there have long, long wait times for suits. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, that's quite interesting. Um, how in the world did you get in, well, first shooting in particular? Was it something that you realized you liked? Someone introduced you to it? Or into it for myself. I, I've been an artist since I could hold a crayon, so I guess I have uh, 25 years of experience, because I'm 29 now, <laughs> being an artist altogether, and having those desires of being a furry and in, on the inside since I was a little girl, I wanted to find a way to express that on the outside. So I started making suits just on my own, before I even knew that the furry fandom even existed, and I just uh, have always loved. Yeah. All right. Well, that's always good. So, based on your choice of animal persona, would you say that it represents your personality, or do you want it to be more like a bit emotionally? You know, um, a wise furry once told me that furries are like pizza. Everyone has their own favorite toppings, you know. Um, and for me, my Sona is more of a representation of, like, the shape or physical representation of my spirit or my inner soul or however you would put it. Um, I once had a dream where I was in the presence of God and I looked at the ground and I'm like, where's my tail? And then angels are like, she was serious about that. <laughs> it was a really trippy dream, but uh, yeah, that's how it is for me. It's just what I would be if I wasn't limited by the physical constraints of our universe. You could be anything. Then that's the shape I Beautiful. Very, very deep. So, being a furry walking among society, do you feel more or less alone than before you kind of discovered the fandom? Well, before I discovered the fandom, I was pretty much a loner. My given name is Cinnamon Rose, and so... Um, Kids used to make fun of me. I didn't have a lot of friends and social connection at all. And I was kind of a loner. It was really only after I started making suits and carrying them around in school that people started to get interested in who I am as a person. And so that's pretty much when I started to make friends altogether. So I guess, yeah, uh, I would say that once I joined the furry fandom, I became more social and started gaining more friends. And I've never felt the need to hide that about myself. I know that some people like to, uh, you know, keep it to themselves or stay in the closet about it. Um, and, you know, everyone makes their own choices for their own situations. But when I, after I discovered the furry fandom, after I went to that convention and was invited to the furbecue, met some mm -hmm. other furries, I went to Target, actually, and I... I got myself a dog collar and I wore it home all proud. And I said, Hey mom, do you like my new necklace? She's like, it's a dog collar. I'm like, I know, isn't it great? And, and she's just uh, accepted it. She never questioned it. She didn't get angry at me or, you know, 
retaliate in any way. And one Christmas, she even gave me a ceramic dog dish that has my name on it, Cinnamon. And I thought that that was a very sweet gift from her. Like she remembered and she knew that I would enjoy a gift like that. Oh, that's so cool. That is incredible. To think, you know, sometimes you think that you've got parents all figured out and then they, you just get these curveballs from them that show, you know, how much they truly do appreciate and love you in some case. I mean, you, you've got these parents out there who were completely negative and then you've got parents like yours that you would think they would be completely against these sort of things and then they just say, you know what, I love you, I love you so much and I appreciate you that, you know, I will let you live your life. And yeah. I wish all parents could be like that. I don't know if she fully understands it or not, but she at least gets it enough to know that um, I'm just being who I am, you know? She doesn't, I don't know if she knows all of the gossip and things, you know? Some people, anyone will try to throw shade on anything if they think that other people are having more fun than them. But I'm, I feel pretty fortunate that my mom has uh, always accepted me for who I was and uh, encouraged me to do things that made me happy. Exactly. During your day to day, since becoming part of the fandom, what are some of the things you started doing differently in your life? Hmm. That's a good question. I don't know. Um, you know, I joined the fandom when I was so young. I was pretty much still a child. And being a furry has just been part of my culture growing into an adult. Uh I mean, if I wasn't a furry, I probably wouldn't be making fursuits and stuff. I'd probably be making different types of art or maybe not being as creative at all. Maybe I would just be sketching people in my spare time while I work at the my cubicle in an office somewhere, you know. Um, I, I know that it's definitely affected my life, but um, I don't know if I act any truly any differently than I might have otherwise if I hadn't been furry. So. Well, I'm actually curious simply because you say you've identified yourself with since as a young kid. Would you affiliate more as a theory? I've never heard of that quite before. Uh, what is Ethereum? Therians are individuals uh, who have belief if like some sort of previous life or whatnot of being a different type of animal during their past life or whatnot. Mm, I don't know if I would say that. I, I believe that everyone is made unique. They are uh, themselves. They have their own soul, their own spirit. Um, Honestly, I, I never really understood the theory of reincarnation because the person that came before is their own person and have they were born with their own soul. I mean, I, I don't know if I believe in reincarnation quite. I mean, maybe in as far 
as having the same DNA and maybe maybe kind of heretical memories, possibly, but I believe that people are, you know, born once and they live and have their lives and honor God and, you know, go about their business and just, uh, they, because if, 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 if you go the opposite way of that, if I'm thinking that I might be reincarnated in the future, I wouldn't be completely conscious, you know, I mean, I just never really understood reincarnations. Gotcha. All right, well, I guess final question of the day would be, if you actually met someone who was new to the furry fandom, and they were unsure of which way to go, what would you say? Hmm. That's a really good question. I don't think I ever, I mean, I encourage people, I mean, I uh, encounter <clears throat> people who are new to the fandom fairly regularly, and uh, I just try to be welcoming. I make myself available as a resource if they have any questions. I offer to tell them about events that I know of um, and direct them towards uh, groups. You know, if they say that they're interested in a particular thing, I say, oh, well, there's a meetup for that over here. So I just uh, try to be a resource myself to that new person until they get settled or find a group that they like, you know, stuff like going from childhood to adulthood. It's a time when all people who are growing are just discovering really who they are as an adult, who they want to be. They're discovering more about the world. They're gaining more responsibility. I would say that having a plan is good, but also that dis learning and discovery, no matter in what shape or form, is good. And as great as college can be for some, uh, for others, it can also be a really big burden. And there's tons of other ways to get education that don't involve such a large magnitude of investment in time and money. Uh, and that there are so many different ways to grow into um, who you really are as an adult and so many different ways to grow. I mean, there are as many types of people as there are types of creatures in the Amazon. And we're always finding more. And that's the thing about life. Uh, as you grow, you're always discovering more about yourself. And especially in that time between just graduating from high school and getting an education and trained for whatever career path you want to go for as an adult, there's um, just so much more opportunity than you could possibly imagine in the world. And I would definitely encourage people to seek it out, what you want, you know, discover more. And if you find something that you think might be better for you than traditional college education, awesome. If you think that, you know, 
being furry is awesome, but I really wanted to be a medical doctor. So that's awesome too. You know, uh, it really all depends on what you decide, but also you have to be methodical, thoughtful, you know, and consider your actions before you just, you know, abandon an entire plan to attend a four-year college or more. Uh, so it really depends on the individual, but that time of life is where you're really in an exciting time. You're discovering so much about yourself and, and the world both at once. And uh, I can see how people could be overwhelmed. As far as the medical field, I think Morgan has something to add on to that. What, being a furry in the medical field? <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, if they do find something they love and and that route leads to college, then I'd say go for it. It's helped me. I accidentally discovered nursing and I love it. There's even a 1% within the furry community as well, which of course are these individuals who make six-figure incomes and whatnot, and it's quite amazing at the investment that they do or are capable of doing simply because they have the time for it. Which, comes to think of it, we'll probably be discussing about that 1% sometime as well. For a later show, at least. I've definitely met a few of those types of furries in my life. Um, a few in person and a few online. They definitely support the fandom a lot. They go to conventions and spend a lot on auctions. They commission work from uh, other artists and furries in the fandom. They're buying suits from makers and uh, you know, donating to good causes and just doing a whole lot of good for the fandom and themselves too. Oh yeah. I've actually noticed your uh, first fursuit here and my goodness there's a lot of orange on hmm? a lot of orange are you looking at the orange one yeah um it's just uh, your first fur your very first fursuit uh my very first fursuit was a QB cosplay from naruto Yep, there it is. That was the very first one I made. The second one I made was a full suit that was just the QB, and that one had some really heavy wires in the tail, but they bounced real good. <laughs> as long as you make it work. <laughs> My third suit was also another full QB suit, and that one I put Delrin in the tail spore and it was a lot less heavy and it worked better too. I almost won a first place in the amateur costume section contest that they had for the cosplay contest, but I accidentally chose a song that had a swear word in it, but I didn't know because I thought they were saying a different word. No one warned me. Yeah, nobody looks into the fine prints, right? Yeah. Well, ah, it's okay. It was fun anyway. Uh, 
after I made that third suit, I started making um, the ones that were all in a row that you were talking about earlier, uh, where there are several on one long table. And then after that, I think I had my first commission. So you still do commissions? Are you open or? Uh, I'm not currently. I have a full plate right now with just uh, digital artwork, uh, and I'm working quite a lot over the summer. I decided to take two jobs, so I'm quite busy. After summer, I probably could. I mean, you know, if anybody wanted one. I don't get commissions for suits often because they're very high in price, and not a lot of people have $1,500 to put up front for a suit. Yeah, I'm sure being a fursuiter, it's very selective. Well, um, I've made all, all types of suits for people. Uh, most of the suits that I've successfully made on commission, I offered to do just on materials cost, but uh, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> So instead of a suit, so obviously, yeah, well, obviously you do the uh, what I call it, tune animated type fursuits. Uh, yeah, that I, one up your. I can get into the semi-realistic range with the suits, but the hyper-realism, I'm not too good at. <laughs> so yeah, so it's more of a preference. Even my realistic stuff looks kind of toony still. But I think that they're adorable and, you know, it's my style. I'm pretty cartoonish in almost all of my artwork or abstract, but uh, realism I'm not too great at. Yeah, everybody has their unique talent. I mean, uh, not talent. A unique skill, I guess you go ahead and say that is put into the art that we well i think that any artist is limited in what they can make because an artist can only create what they are feeling in their heart so the way i see the world isn't the way that the world is like you know just copying the essential shapes and stuff it's just it's just not how i feel about that object when i'm sculpting a banana it's not you know, a copy of a real banana, it's how I feel about the banana. And any artist does the same. They don't directly copy. Even artists that do the realism, maybe in their heart, they just love all of those tiny, specific, finicky details that make it alive for them. Yeah, it's a unique signature, I guess you could say. Um, interesting enough, though, oh, you'll see it in pretty much any type of artist. I mean, even in some of my work with music, you can go ahead and hear, hear some of the unique characteristics of it. And of course, if you listen and or seen certain types of arts from a specific artist, you can easily identify them from a group. But, um, one of the more interesting things, of course, is with AI, I know, oh, 
some individuals, they have these uh, artificial intelligence that make a music or art pieces and whatnot. And I really think it's just generic, I guess you could say. It doesn't give that unique signature feel that you usually see in artists. Yeah, because, I mean, any AI or robot or whatever, I've seen them too. Uh, you know, they were training a robot hand by getting a bunch of artists to draw in front of a camera, and it would replicate their marks in a random ways and transform a photograph into a drawing, but it didn't have the same heart in it. You know, it was just executing a program. Uh, there really is some special feeling that goes into an artist and their work. Yeah, but it really makes you wonder of how uh, artists will be defined, whether individuals, if we continue on doing something original or like we're already doing, or will an artist also be the person that programmed the machine in order to produce in that case, I would say the program itself is the work of art. The, the, the product that the program produces also is art, but not in the same way. Because the passion went into the program, not the product. Well, I, I guess they're both connected, really, but I see more of the artistry in the program in that case. Mm. I'd have to agree with you on that one, at least. And of course, Copper here is showing some stuff that you, some of your other suits that we've been mentioning about. I didn't notice the purple wolf one. That's uh, that's a real interesting one. That's one that I made with scraps, actually. Uh, I really wanted something new to wear for a convention that I had been invited to, and I just grabbed what I could. I think a lot of the fur came from some pillows that I found at, like, a Goodwill or something. It was really made with cheap bottom bunk uh, discount materials. Yeah. The fur, obviously, it's a little bit more scruffy, I guess you could say. <laughs> but it does add a style to it. Yeah, I liked that it was so, like, um, a little bit beaten up, or, you know, that was uh, already, like, ruffly and, like, a little bit wild. The tag on the ear, handmade, or is that from something else? Oh no, that was a fursuit tag. Uh, uh, I don't know if they still do this, but uh, there used to be people, if, like oh, seven or eight years ago at conventions, that would make numbered tags and hand them out to every fursuit that they saw. I was thinking about next time I go to a con, I was going to do that because I used to love it. 
it was like my favorite it was the number one reason why i went to a con to get one of those tags and i'm sad that it's not very common anymore i want to bring it back hmm. she shall make a trend come <laughs> Remember when we used to do this? Yeah, that's awesome. Let's keep doing it. <laughs> Sue, you you got to go out and buy this expensive fabric. I mean, apparently, yeah, what you said, you was able to do this with just pillow scraps, is what you're telling us. And yeah, basically, I went to a Goodwill and uh, searched through the stuff, like, and I found this fuzzy pillow and a couple of other things, uh, and I think that suit cost i i think i got almost everything that i needed from either the dollar store like a plastic bowl at the dollar store um i i did have nice tools my scissors and my sewing machine uh there's a lot of ham sewing in that also but the foam uh i got also from the bargain bin and uh i think that entire suit probably only cost me oh gee 150 dollars to make Wow. Jeez. Just with the material, that is incredible. Yeah, granted, you said you had special tools for the project, but yeah. still... Well, the only thing I really bought for it was I had a nice pair of scissors. A good pair of Ginger scissors can run you about 80 dollars But that's a tool that you keep for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I had tools from when I was uh, in, in college. I went to fashion design for a while. But uh, the only thing I really bought... The thing that costed the most was the hot glue, because you can't really get hot glue used, or, you know, you know, places like Value Village. Mm -hmm. And probably the um, polymer clay for the teeth. I had to spend money on that, too. Mm -hmm. So, each, it's, it's not like just, uh, is it like one piece, or is it just like a bunch of little pieces of the teeth? Usually, I, I've done teeth a couple of different ways. One of my very favorite ways was with a clay that they don't make anymore. That's like halfway between a regular polymer clay and model magic. I don't know what those are. Um, it was called fluffy, but they don't make it anymore. But I've also made it with model magic because it's really light. And then what I would do is put all of the teeth on a wire and put all of the model magic, let it dry, uh, but it's really light and it can break. So what I did was I took that and I dipped it in epoxy. Like I would mix some resin in a cup and dip the entire thing in the resin and hang it to dry like that. And that made a hard outer shell so the teeth are really light and very durable. Wow. Interesting. I unfortunately go ahead. Go ahead, Art. No, I was just gonna go ahead and say, my goodness, you actually do fuse glasses. Oh yes, uh, like I said uh, near the beginning, if you can think of anything artistic or creative that an artist can make. I've probably tried it at least once. I loved doing that, uh, those glass pieces, because 
they're just they look really beautiful and crisp in the end and that was really a fun one I ended up making it as a Mother's Day present. <laughs> Surprise. Well, I'm actually curious as well now. Have you actually did sculpting as well? Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know if you can see there's a... I made a black zebra in latex once. Or actually, no, not that one. Um man no i've just uh sorry that was that was a horrible answer yes I, i've been sculpting for quite a while ever since i had the pottery class you know i would always be sculpting on stuff my mom has a bunch of old sculptures of mine that i i made and i still sculpt often yeah <laughs> Okay. Um, oh, yeah, that one's cool. The picture with the shark. Shark sitting. <laughs> you gotta explain that one. <laughs> uh, one of, uh, I think uh, in that picture I'm hugging uh, one of my friends the one that actually taught me how to make latex. He got me that shark kigu as a gift for Christmas one year. I just wore it everywhere. I even wore it to work a few times. Okay, that was, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's all I wanted to know. <laughs> <laughs> I love that shark suit. Ah, man, I wore it until it had holes and everything. Oh, see? Now I go ahead... See, I need to go ahead and learn about uh, tailoring, and then go ahead and repair it, and wear it all over again. <laughs> uh, it's long gone now. I don't even know. I moved so much in the past few years. It seems like every couple of years something happens and I have to move on a dime and I can't just bring everything with me sometimes I have to sacrifice. Yeah, sounds about like me. My policy is never carry anything more with than two bags. That's hard to do when you have a studio full of supplies for art that you want to make. <laughs> Oh. True enough with that. But supplies are heavy. They take a lot to carry. Especially if you do so many. Well, that's when you start having servants. Yeah. It's it's really the tools that are the most valuable. You gotta save the tools at the at least. Any closing? Oh, yep. A shamrock hat? 
I suppose. Oh, that was another one that I loved. Um, uh, I was, it was the first time I had a serious boyfriend and we had been together and he wanted to go to this St. Patrick's Day ear fest thing in Dublin. And so that was another one where we went to the thrift store and I got this velvet dress that was uh, just, it, it was the perfect thing, you know, and I cut it up and made this hat out of foam and glued it together. That hat, I made two. One was black and one was green, but the, the green one was, I think, a little more successful. And I made it for like five bucks and everyone loved it. That is awesome. <laughs> so you 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 have literally done it all then, haven't you? <laughs> I don't think that you can ask about any type of creative artwork and I'll have a story about it, you know. Uh, building a kiln, I've done that. Glass wood just pretty much anything I got my hand in all the creative cars. what about conducting your own orchestra <laughs> it's hard to choose sometimes which medium to focus on because I love all of them so much hmm <laughs> I think we have a stalker in here. I think we do too. Get him. <laughs> so, let's see. Sewing, sculpting, carving. I don't see any, any carvings on here. Well, additive and subtractive sculpture is kind of one in the same. Mm -hmm. I use carving techniques when I'm building stuff like masks and um, fursuits when you're... Fursuits are actually pretty much a lot of carving because you add large pieces of foam and then cut away at it. Mm -hmm. It's not like you're... Oh, so, go, go ahead, I'm sorry. Uh, but uh, I think you're right. I've never done the carving of stone or, or that type of given me a challenge. What about oil painting? Uh, I've tried oil paints, but I much prefer uh, watercolor gouache paints. Oil paints take just so long to dry and it's so easy to accidentally mess up part of it. Uh, I find that painting with gouache watercolor just suits me better. And I see you have indeed, in fact, experimented with charcoal. Yes, that was when I was in art school. I used the charcoals, uh, pastels, um, other dry mediums like that. One of my favorite classes in college was figure drawing. So it looks like you have more of a preference of uh, traditional drawing over digital. 
Yeah, the older the artwork gets, the more traditional it is. I didn't access, have access to digital methods or, you know, more expensive materials until later in life when I had. So do you prefer digital or traditional? Uh, sorry, I missed that. Do you prefer digital or traditional? I prefer traditional. I just uh, think that it, it's a little more satisfying for me since I end up with a physical product. Versus drawing it out and then printing it out on paper or something of the like. Yeah, like the uh, the digital stickers that I do for Telegram. They're fun to do, but uh, in the end, you just have a digital product. It feels a little bit uh, just diff it's just different. I mean, it's still satisfying, just not quite as satisfying because you don't end up with something cool that you can display in your house. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Now, this, of course, in this drawing is uh, the... Would it be the ninth doctor? I'm not sure where you're posting the pictures that you're looking at. Oh, uh, if you're in the Omega Republic, you go to the images, hashtag images. Uh, you're in the lounge right now. Here. Cursed images? Oh, images. There you go. Yeah, do not go to cursed images. No, um, this, yeah, is the doctor. Um, I was, uh, what, I had a friend that had introduced me to Doctor Who, and she, uh, wanted me to draw something cool for her birthday, so I picked that pose because it was just an interesting expression, not, not a usual expression. It was fun to do. Mm -hmm. About how long did this take you? Do you remember? I did that one in about two class sessions, so about four hours. Oh, wow. Charcoal is really, um, if you do it correctly, it can be very quick to come up with a result that is satisfying. It's, it has an impressive amount of detail to it, and, and it has that it has that sensation of being almost like three, almost a 3D image. I still have that one, actually. A lot of that stuff uh, I, is in my uncle's house in an old portfolio. Oh, uh, earlier, right above the image that you posted of the glass bowl that I made for my mother, that dragon... Mm -hmm. that, I made that when I was working professionally at a mascot studio. It was my first job as a professional mascot designer. Oh. Is there a story behind this mask? The dragon? Yes. He just told me to uh, make something different and new. Uh, I think, you know, he was really satisfied with the work that I was doing, and he wanted to let me make something that I thought would sell. So, I made that. But it never got finished, because um, he didn't agree with me on how to do the covering for it. Aww. It's a shame. 
That's yeah, it was pretty fun to do. I mean, there's a lot going on with that mask. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen it finished. Just means you get a second chance to make it, to make something similar or even better yet. Because I'm sure that you probably learned some new techniques while making this mask. Oh yeah, every single suit that uh, a suit maker makes is a learning experience. Like any work of art that an artist makes is a learning experience, and through practice they get better and better. I have been just thinking and brooding over some of these ideas but never had the chance to, to do them, and I'm hoping to be able to actually make something impressive soon. Like you haven't made anything impressive yet? I think you're... I don't think you're giving yourself enough credit here. Artists are a little bit hard on themselves sometimes. It's how they know when they can improve and when they're just, uh, I guess, doing good. <laughs> uh, that, that fish photo is from when I was at Pike Place with another furry, and I took that picture, and then about five minutes later, the end of the row, they're tossing fish, and I said, here, hand me one of those fish. And they're like, why? I'm like, I need to use it to slap my boyfriend. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I slapped him in the right in the face with a fish. Oh, boy. I wish I could high-five you for that one. <laughs> high-five? She needs an applause for that one. Applause with fish. I'm just like staring at it right now and um, those eyes they really stare right back at me the fish is saying save me it's too late fishy get in my belly oh <laughs> <sighs> And I tell you, and you are a connoisseur of the seafood, correct? Oh yes, I love seafood. In 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 order from my most favorite to my next favorite, <laughs> uh, I like oysters, lobsters, mussels, crab, any shellfish is like I'm all over it. And whenever I go to a sushi place, I always order pretty much the same thing. Uh, oysters, if they have them, baked mussels, raw salmon, and gyoza. Uh, now, explain for those listening, what is gyoza? Uh, gyoza is like a kind of a dumpling. Uh, they're, they usually have some beef or some kind of meat mixed with herbs or sometimes they're filled with different things but uh, they're basically just little little bread dumplings they're not too I was picturing something wrapped in like like a dough 
with yeah, like with spinach and I guess like diced. Uh, Oh, yeah, they're, they're a little bit like, have, you know what raviolis are? Uh, yes. They're a little bit like raviolis, except for uh, usually a little bit bigger and um, just a different type of pasta wrapped around them. Ooh. So fish raviolis. Uh, no, gyozas usually don't have fish in them. They usually have... Um, pork or beef or uh, some other kind of or vegetables. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I've got this strange craving for crab rangoon now. <laughs> Wonder where it came from. We'll never know. And my favorite thing to drink is coconut water. I love getting just uh, young coconuts and breaking into them and drinking it just like that. Hmm. Never tried it like that. Never had coconut water. Never had any kind of coconut drink, for that matter. A lot of the coconut water. Where have you been? <laughs> On the shelf is pretty processed. Which is why I like to get them actually from a so that you know it's just water. It's very refreshing. It's very good for you. Very healthy. Mm -hmm. And it's good for an IV in a pinch. Really? Uh, yeah. They just go ahead and do that back in Modern World. Which war was? I do believe it was during with Vietnam. Well, it does have lots of nutrients in it. The more you know. So, Ark, you're saying that if I started injecting my patients with coconuts, they'll be fine? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the results will be, but you can try. Results may vary. <laughs> Coconut people. That's what'll happen. And then I'd probably get fired, but you know. Well, you could always try coconut extract first to see how they react. I don't think I would want people injecting me with coconut. <laughs> <laughs> it's the direct result of coconut. Skip all the extra steps, that's all. Well, if there's no other questions, that was Vesuvius Rose. We thank them and you for joining us here on Suiting Up for Life. Hope to see you next time here on the Omega Republic.